0: This is episode 50 of Extraordinary Women Radio. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I am your host, Cami Gilner. Women are being called to live with voice, vitality, and vigor. Each month, join me for wisdom-filled interviews with extraordinary women living out loud and making a difference in our world. Their stories will uplift, inspire, and spark your own purpose-driven journey. Hello, my Extraordinary Women friends. Welcome to our 50th episode of Extraordinary Women Radio. So have you ever had a mentor or a coach who has shaped the trajectory of your life or of your business? Well, one of these people for me is Tommy Wolf, and I am super excited to host Tommy today on Extraordinary Women Radio. I always say that Tommy helped my business grow up in those early years, and we talk about some of those lessons that she taught me in today's episode. And in fact, I'll share how the whole concept of extraordinary women was actually birthed in Tommy's office several years ago. By the time you listen to this, I'll be on a plane to Costa Mesa, California to join Tommy at the Limitless Woman Conference hosted by Laura Gisborne. I'm super excited about this conference, and it warrants a minute of sharing how this all came about because it's a pretty magical story. So I mentioned a few episodes back that... I took most of March off to spend some time with my sister, who I lost to cancer on March, March 25th. Now, this has been a very difficult and sad time in my life and in my family's life. But I can tell you is I will always treasure the fact that I made some really important decisions early in March or actually probably late February, where I made the decision that I was going to really take a whole lot of time off to spend with her. And I got to spend every day with her for the last month of her life, holding her hand through that, that, that important journey, that import, important transition. And it was such a valuable, amazing thing to be able to do that, to be able to spend that time with her. And it was such the right decision to pull back on everything in my business. And this is why we build businesses that allow us to make important life, decision, life choices when we need to. And there are many things that enabled me to make this choice, one from having an amazing support team and strategic partners and some right efficiency tools in place. I was really grateful for the community in my life and how they showed up and how they reached out and they helped. And there's something wonderful about building community that pulls together in trying times like this. So, you know, really an amazing journey to come through and and feel that support. But what has really blown me away in addition to that is how the universe has supported me through this time period. My business continued to flow. And when I was ready to look back up and put attention back onto my business, there was this huge wave of opportunity that really lifted everything right to where it was meant to be. And last week I was driving around. I was going to one of my first meetings after you know driving down the hill into Denver to go meet with some people, and I was listening and tuned in to Allie Brown on Vision Radio, which is one of my favorite podcasts that I like to listen to. And she was doing a session on bringing more creativity into our lives and our business. And it's a great topic for me as I'm thinking about, okay, I'm, I'm looking forward again into my business and what strategy I want to be bringing in place and making sure that I'm just setting things up for success. And she had three tips in that episode. First, she said, make space go book a hotel room and make the space to get creative. So as I was listening to that. I, I started reminiscing about the last time I did that a few years back. And it was at a time when my husband was at a conference. And so I took over our hotel room for a couple days and I had flip charts and markers. And in those couple days, I really just birthed some really big ideas for my business. And I thought, you know, I could really use space like that right now. Two, she said, is get curious, get stimulated, get out and be in new environments with new people and go to a conference with new people you don't know. And up level to hanging with some new people who are further along in their business than you are. Ah, such great advice. And three, she said, learn some new frameworks to to apply to creative strategy. So, I stopped, I jotted these three things down and then I jumped out of my car in between meetings and spent the next two hours in a park in the Colorado sunshine, just really brainstorming and working on some of these ideas that were flowing around my business land, right? It's like I had new ideas that had been flowing. And so that flow was really starting to happen. But then the magic began. So I finished my meetings off for the day. I got home And I had an email from today's guest, Tommy Wolf. And she shared with me that she was going to be attending a Limitless Woman Conference in California this week. And she had just thought about me and how perfect that this would be for me to attend with her. She said, you know, I'm thinking it's a fit for you because it's aimed at women who want to make a bigger difference on the planet. I thought, hmm, that sounds like me. I know that is you. And I think, At a minimum, it would be great networking with powerful women who are interested in using business for philanthropy. Huh. That sparked my interest. So I pulled up my calendar and I thought, you know, I think I can make that work. And I jump online and see if I can get airline, what the airline ticket's going to be. It's $183 to to fly there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's a no brainer. And on top of that, my husband has buckets of Hilton points. The events at a Hilton, again, a no brainer. So I booked the ticket. About an hour later, I pull up the reservation confirmation to realize, oh no, I booked it to leave on Thursday morning, not Friday morning that I had intended. So I fretted about that a little bit. I called the airline to see if they could change things. And I talked to them, you know, what what would it take to change it? And they're like, oh, sure, we can change it. It's going to be an extra $250 for that segment of the flight. And I'm like, you know, that's really not worth it to me. So I sit there and I thought, you know, I wanted hotel space. I wanted time. Let's just take it. Let's just leave it on that Thursday morning. The universe kind of granted me this extra space to go spend in a hotel room that I had just written down earlier that afternoon. And so as I started to think back to Allie's points, you know, making the space in a hotel room to brainstorm and get creative, um, I got that now. I've got number two with this powerful community, this new community that I haven't been hanging out with. Um, And it's a bonus hanging. It's a bonus that I get to do this with my friend, Tommy, and I'm sure I'm going to hit number three with new ideas and ways of approaching things. So I just wanted to share this story with you as an example of how the universe gets all in behind you when you're making right choices aligned to you and to your heart. It's so powerful. So my own pearl of wisdom for you today is to tune into what's most important for you right now and make the space You will never forget that you will never regret it and trust that the universe will be there for you to just in support of those choices. It's truly magical and and play in that magic. So I'm spending this weekend with Tommy in an amazing room full of other women, including Laura Gisborne, the host and Lynn twist and Sandra Yancey of e-woman network to name a few. Since signing up, I have heard this event described as cultivating a community culture, not a celebrity culture. Oh my gosh, this is so aligned to my own beliefs and I can't wait for the three days to begin. So let me tell you a little bit more about the incredible Tommy and then we'll dig into the interview. So Tommy has spent an incredible lifetime building companies. She's truly an entrepreneur at heart, starting as a single mom in South Africa Her stories are inspiring and her wisdom is rich. She is now the CEO of Top Six Business Coach and Bronze Birch Marketing. She supports a network of talented business coaches in three countries, all of whom specialize in helping solopreneurs to create abundant, lucrative and meaningful businesses. Tommy will be one of our Circle of Inspiration facilitators at the May 29th Extraordinary Women Connect event in Denver, along with Tamara McCleary and Mia Voss. You can catch both of their interviews on Extraordinary Women Radio, just go back through some of the, the earlier episodes. Mia's was just last week. It's going to be an incredible night of connecting with great women. Let's meet Tommy Wolf. Well, Tommy, welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I'm so thrilled to have you here today.
1: Amy, it's delightful to be here. So thank you for, for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, and I'm really also looking forward to having you as one of our Circle of Inspiration facilitators at the May 29th Extraordinary Women Connect event next month. I have heard so much about the event, so
1: I'm actually doubly excited to be there, Camille. They just have such a great uh, people buzz about them for ages. So I'm I'm honored to be there.
0: Well, you know, those started the very foundation of those the the, the seeds of that event, Extraordinary Women Connect, were were founded in your office about probably five years ago. I remember. <laughs> I remember that day very well. And I remember sitting there with you and, and, and we were talking about this event and you're like, just go do it. <laughs> I know. It's probably one of my mottoes is just go do it. <laughs> do <Yes>. the work. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. It was it was so much fun. And even the, the seeds of this podcast were planted back in that same year. It was I ran a series of five um of five interviews that I did that year with with five women and I was like this is a lot of fun I really really enjoy this and so that's where the seeds of this podcast even started back in the day in your office so thank you for all that great wisdom
1: it's actually been incredibly exciting to watch you grow and just go places, Kami. So it's been delightful to watch. Mm.
0: So, Tommy, you're one of my heroes in the world of entrepreneurialism, and you've just built so oh. many. Well, yeah, <laughs> you, you. you are. You've built so many successful businesses, and you certainly were a key factor in helping me take my business to where it is today. I always say that you know when we were working together and. It, about five or six years ago that you really helped my business grow up. And I I still use the foundations of what you taught me in my business today. So really, really instrumental to helping my business launch and grow bigger, much more quickly than I was growing. And so I'd love to talk about your entrepreneurial journey. I know you've started many companies um, what was the very first company that you started? What was the first business you started? And then how many have you started since then? Well, let's see. It's going back a long
1: time now. But uh, my very first company was called Achievers Forum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it was my accidental company because uh, I, I never dreamed I would start companies. I'd, I'm not sure that I was born with an entrepreneurial bone in my body. <laughs> And And you know the story, Cammie, but um, I lost a husband shortly after my daughter was born. Yes. And that was really the the event that propelled me into trying to figure out a a different kind of life for myself.
0: And so there was something there that was calling you that had to shift
1: because you were in the corporate world, right? I was in the corporate world, and in actual fact, I'd, I'd resigned from the corporate world, and I was going to stay home and build designer gardens. <laughs> that was really my plan at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, in South Africa, the culture at the time was it was unusual for a woman to work if she had small children, mm-hmm. and I definitely didn't need to. You know, my husband did really well, and so I had really I had left uh, the corporate world, IBM, in fact, uh, and had wonderful plans of building designer native gardens and. Probably not planning to earn another penny as long as, as long as I lived. So I'm not a hundred percent sure that it was a very orthodox start to starting my first business. And when he died, I really knew that I needed the flexibility around looking after a, a little girl and uh, making an income. So that was really what got me uh, started in, in wanting to build my own business so that it could be very much around my own terms. Right. So I always said it was motherly love that got me started.
0: Yes. <laughs> and
1: I chose to to do a, um, an IT management consultancy because I honestly wasn't qualified to do anything else. I'd worked in IT all my working years. Straight out of college, I went into IBM. And I knew a bit about computers. So I'm not sure that I even had much choice as to what I would do in those days, but that's what I did.
0: So you started that company, and how did it evolve from there? I mean, so you... Just kind of give us that that pathway.
1: Well, it, you know, it was interesting because I'd always love to be able to say that I was a massive success straight out the gate, but I really wasn't.
0: Well, everybody you know, I, is that way, right? <laughs> and I think that's the most. Well, I
1: know that now, but I didn't know that then. You know, and there are some. You know, you look at people like Uber and Facebook and so on. So there definitely are people that come out of the gate like a like a bat out of hell or something and just never stop. But I really, in my very first year, I I actually loved running my own business. It was the making money part that was a lot harder for me. (laughs) So uh, it took my first year, I didn't have any money change hands whatsoever. And even people who who, who loved me dearly and believed in me, like my dad, were like, maybe you should get a job, (laughs) you know. But but three years down the road, I was actually in the top 0.02% of South African earners. So
0: I figured it out. And what did and you learn I ended up, during that time that, that helped you figure that out? Well,
1: I think it's, a, it's,
0: it's probably the
1: hardest for me and for most of the people that I've coached over the years. It's the hardest lesson in entrepreneurship. is maybe getting over yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to basically learn to sell. And most of us, when we learn to sell or start selling ourselves, it's all about us you know, am I good enough? Will they like me? Will they pay me enough money? Is my product good enough? It's really is. I am enough drama that goes on. Mm-hmm. And there's a sort of a personal growth journey that most successful entrepreneurs have to go through to realize it's never been about you. You know, business is actually all about the client. Does it serve them? Does it help them? Can they afford it, et cetera? So it was never about me in the first place, but I, I really just had to make that transition and shift, and I've I've watched so many entrepreneurs have to make it over the years. But it's a very big shift for most people—a huge personal growth journey. Mm,
0: that is so. That is so true. And I know I I can think back to even my own journey when I was you know starting to charge more and i was like oh my gosh what can i you know can i really charge that much um and mm-hmm. and, as, and at the end of the day as you said and and i think you were that one that helped really teach that to me was it is about how what's what's happening with that person and how are you going to help them and how are you going to solve their 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 challenges that they're they're facing and really become intimately connected with that
1: Mm-hmm. yeah it's a big transition, and you know it's not just in pricing but it's also in what you talk about when you're trying to sell, what you write on your website. It's just a big transition to make it all about the client and not all about yourself mm-hmm. and i'm I'm often amazed by how many people have been in business for years and years and still haven't managed to make that shift. <laughs>
0: So yeah. it's a hard one. <laughs> so you've since reinvented your business and your life many times, right? I mean, it's. Can you tell us? Let's just talk about reinvention in general. It's like, how do you know you're ready for your next round of reinvention? Your what's next? Um, What's what's guided you in those decisions, and how has that shaped your your journey? You know, I I do actually feel like I've had to
1: start again completely from scratch several times in my life, (laughs) you know, when I, after having started this very successful company um, in South Africa, and I really had pretty much everything I could have ever wanted to in that that environment, the the South African political situation blew up, and I was at that point a single mom with a small girl, and I didn't feel safe at all. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, I ended up actually being invited to come to America. I was very lucky to get a first preference visa for this amazing country that I live in now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did arrive in the United States with a four year old and, um, and basically nothing. You know, in those days, you couldn't take your money with you when you left South Africa. They would block it. Oh, wow. So I literally started again from scratch, aged about 34 okay which was very frightening at the time certainly so you know so so that was a huge huge transition and you know I remember saying to people before I came here one day I'm going to know if this is really stupid or really brave I'm not exactly sure now (laughs) do you know (laughs) now I know now I'm going to call it brave when I think back I, I think of myself as a much younger woman and I thought and I think I do kind of wonder how I managed to just leave everything and come here, knowing nobody, with my with my kiddo. Right. So it does seem brave to me now, and I've never ever looked back. I've always been deeply grateful, and I must have a G- American in my genetics somewhere because I've always loved living here. It's always mm-hmm. it's always been really good to me. So. Mm-hmm. Um, But I do remember, you know, unfortunately, I think all women have to reinvent, Cami, Do you know any woman who has, you know, gotten to any age without having to reinvent a few times?
0: No, absolutely. And I think that's, if we can get good at the reinvention and really embrace it, I think it can be really powerful for us.
1: Right, I agree with you and I think half of it is recognizing, you know, when to actually take these huge leaps of faith because the problem with reinvention is it almost always involves a leap of faith.
0: Right. Which
1: is always frightening and uncomfortable. Absolutely. And I think you know, the more times you do it the more likely you are to just know that you'll have a safe landing regardless. So I think I've become a little bit better just jumping. And not knowing where I'm going to land. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, back in those days, that was my first big jump. And it felt, you know, overwhelming. I honestly wasn't sure if I was being just pig stupid
0: mm-hmm.
1: and leaving behind everything that I had. <laughs> so,
0: right. Yeah. And, and even recently, I mean, within the last, I don't know, how many years since you reinvented your company a couple times, in the a very successful company that you were running you know, as, as the, the lead coach, mm-hmm. and then you reinvented. So what, what was the catalyst for that, that decision? And even you know, since it's, then you've, you've done a, a, another company that you've started.
1: Yes. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think I've become more uh, flexible or just maybe aware of reading the signs, but, but, you know, almost always when things get difficult in your life, Mm-hmm. there are amazing opportunities hiding in that difficulty. Mhm absolutely. You know, so and and I often find that reinvention is as much about letting go as anything else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you know it's not a grasping striving thing it's often a simplifying thing. Mhm and when I look back on the history of my company every time we've had a this company you know I had two major IT consultancies and in this one I've always coached entrepreneurs um but every breakthrough we've had in this company has been associated with a letting go of some sort. Right. You know, and I think back to, you know, when I started out, I was trying to market to multiple niches and you can imagine how well that went, right? Right. It <laughs> didn't. Right. But I had to let go of some of those. And then I had to let go of the belief that I could do everything myself and make some hard staffing decisions. And, you know, there is, and I had to let go of a whole bunch of product lines that actually weren't serving us as well as some of them. Right and and really uh, when I when I when I decided to license this is typical this is a typical story of a of a reinvention you know I'd been a business coach for a long time but I started noticing that business coaches would come into my program and very much copy most of the things I was doing and uh, and do really well right you know and there were many ways of handling that but it actually gave me an idea. So one of the transitions you mentioned just now was I decided to make it a whole lot easier for them to do that. Right. So I created a product where I'm like, let me give you everything that I've got and you can pay me for it, but I will work only with business coaches now. So again, it was a letting go of a whole bunch of other niches and um, a lot of ego <laughs> as right. well, right? Uh, which often accompanies a transition for whatever reason. So so very often, I think when, you know, our, our problems in our life are often the, the golden car keys to the future and the next reinvention, if you look at it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that, the golden car keys that, that open up the doorway mm-hmm. to what's next, if you can let that go. So why do people get stuck? Why do, why is it Do you think people get stuck in their business, their careers, their lives that they don't really love?
1: Well... Uh, that's a great question, Kami. And, you know, it's one of the things that makes me really sad is just how many people are stuck in lives and careers and businesses that they really don't love. Don't you see that all the time?
0: Oh, all the time. And and they struggle with it and it doesn't, you know, they, they just stay there.
1: Mm-hmm. They stay. No, and it's a heartbreaking thing. I mean, given that we have one life Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to be living it with your lights or stuck in a place that doesn't excite you or juice you. And I think this is something that really fuels me where a lot of my passion comes from. I think it was watching or, or having a, a husband who was only 33 years old die. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't finished yet. Right. <laughs> he had so much life in him. And I think one of the things that it really gave me was this urgency that we don't all have a hundred years. Right. And just letting the years tick by, you know, year after year in something where you're stuck and unenthused and unengaged just seems like such a waste of a life. Right. So I don't know if that's a gift I was given or a, or a traumatic damage that was done to me. I don't know. but I've always had this urgency. And, and one of my greatest passions is helping people turn the lights back on and, and do what they need to be doing. So what I see, you know, the answer to your question is why do they get stuck? I think complacency has become the norm. Right. You know, and you'll hear everybody saying, yeah, well, nobody's marriage is great. And, you know, what can you expect when you work for corporate America and so on? You know, people almost give up. They settle, and right? It's set, yeah, it's a settling. It's a total settling. And I think what's going on to a large extent is we've become so busy. hmm that we don't have space to be in touch with our desires, or maybe it's too painful to stop and look at your life and feel the disappointments, but but it's in that place of disappointment and frustration that those golden car keys are hiding. you know. And if you're too busy to stop and acknowledge it, well, you're not going to change it. So I do think that's why people get stuck. They get so busy that they can't even admit to themselves that they're not loving parts of their life.
0: You know, that's so true. I think back to my corporate days and, and in those last, you know, years of, of being in the corporate space that I was in, you know, there was many years that I loved the work that I did many, many years that I just, Mm -hmm. you know, really enjoyed the experiences that I got, the, you know, the travel that I got to do, the people that I got to, to meet all of that. I really loved, but in the last years, I was going so hard and I really didn't love it anymore. There was something that, you know, mm-hmm. I was getting all the signposts that, that told me things were supposed to shift and, and I wasn't listening. And so thank goodness, you know, the universe mm-hmm. said you are supposed to be doing something else. And it took me in another direction. Um, mm-hmm. I always say that was my best gift was, was getting laid off in that time frame and getting laid off in 2008 when there weren't other VP of marketing jobs around and, so that, that shift that happened that the universe really delivered to me took me out of that busy space and suddenly gave me all this open space to stop and hear what that inner wisdom was inside of me, to start, stop and hear what you know my heart really wanted to have happen. And when we don't have that kind of space... Um mm-hmm. you don't hear that so i I totally that's the right word is, is the space mm-hmm. I think that's exactly the word is
1: you know we, we you know we abhor space in our lives <laughs> we need to have you know if if you want massive change of any sort, you're going to have to make space first mm. yes there's I'll no up leveling that comes without space and in actual fact, I had a very wise man tell me years ago he were, his name was Greg Head, and at the time he was the chief marketing officer of Infusionsoft. But he said something to me that I have used time and time again in my own life and with my clients. But he said, you know, any up-leveling requires you first to let something go Mm -hmm. and then to focus more sharply on something else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the concept of emptying and creating space first so that you can be more judicious with what you fill it up with. It's a very important concept for people. I'm sure you find this, cami, but, but you know, the people you coach, don't you often find that they're trying to get more in an already full bucket? <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. They're like, they're just wanting to keep filling it up. It's like, oh, I want to add on all these different things. I'm like, well, what are you taking yeah. away,
1: right? Exactly. And I think that's a very hard concept for a lot of people. But if you're going to create fundamental change and up-leveling, something's got to go.
0: Right. Right. I totally agree. And so sometimes these endings come to us, we make our choices, we decide we're going to make, you know, we're going to make these shifts. Sometimes the Indians just are, you know, they just show up on our, our doorstep. Right. I mean, it's like, you mm-hmm. know, when you lost, you lost your right. husband, right. It's like that. Was and when very... you, when you got laid off, yeah, exactly. those are things beyond your control really.
1: And, and as you, it's funny that we both think those are things that happened to us are blessings today, right. but at the time they sure as like don't feel like it.
0: Yeah yeah is there any thoughts that you might you know just offer to our our listeners who are going through a space of endings that might have just shown up for them right now?
1: Well, there's, you know, I think how we look at endings is fundamentally flawed as a, as a society. Mm. And I look at how we teach our kids, and I think this is why endings are so difficult for people, partly in recognizing them when there should be an ending and partly in coping with them. But, you know, we get taught to to go for it and to suck things up. You know, how often have you been told that if the going gets tough, the tough get going? Right, right. <laughs> so suck things up, put up with things, you know, accept things being really bad. And many of us have very high pain thresholds. I do. Yeah. I mean, I can put up with a lot and I can have a lot of things go wrong and juggle the balls and everything. But those are the same qualities that actually allow us to you, to not recognize when an ending is is right and proper. Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, endings are biblical. They're seasonal. Everything ends. You know, mm-hmm. summer ends, winter ends, daylight ends. You know, there's no part of our world that doesn't have endings. Right. So in many ways, looking at endings in a whole new way, to realize they're necessary for growth and embrace and much them. More embracing endings and to look for when things need to end mm-hmm. you know i mean the, the the thought that a certain business relationship must always be there and that endings always bad it's just flawed you know right. things can be quite seasonal for a time and uh just because we can suck things up or we have a high pain threshold doesn't mean we should and because we end something doesn't always mean we're quitting it could be that we're being incredibly wise
0: right Right. You know and
1: that 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 what you're having today is actually the reason your future is not going to be really good, and that ending something will open up all sorts of possibilities for your future.
0: And how do you know the difference when it's 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 the time or it's not the time? What what's the way that you tune into that? But do you know there's a? I actually have a, a
1: radar that I don't know if everybody has, but I can sense it, and I'm fairly intuitive. Yes. Now, the downside of that is I've had at least one husband who would tell you I was totally illogical, so I'm <laughs> not sure it's always been a good thing to be very intuitive. I just know things, but I can't begin to articulate why. I have a knowing in my stomach. I don't have a knowing that things should end. I have a knowing that things aren't right. Right. And I have this sort of unsettled, you know... um, Just a feeling of of just unsettledness, really. And I've learned to tap into it and try and get quiet and go internal and figure out what's going on. But I don't think everybody has that. And, um, I, you know, there's a book that I think is just one of the better leadership books I've ever read by Dr. Henry Cloud. It's called Necessary Endings. And it's brilliant. I think I've reread the book every time I have something difficult that I'm going through. Where he really, he's got this amazing chapter and I've never seen anything like it anywhere where he gives you criteria for knowing whether things will change or not. Like, should you believe in this person or should you fire them? Should you keep going with this relationship or not? And he really gives you criteria for how to know when something will change because we don't always know, right? Right. And he has this concept of change energy that he's talking about, which I think is incredibly powerful. You know, here are the things that will give things change energy. And there's a difference between um hope and wishing you know hopes is is there's evidence here to say that things are going to improve so even though you might desperately wish that something would change let's say you're in a marriage where you desperately wish that things are going to get better mm-hmm. a wish isn't a great thing to to put all your all those eggs in that basket but hope is so you want to say what are the criteria for hope You know, okay, and and hope needs to be backed up by well, uh, I I hope things will change because he's in he's joined the AA or he's you know he's he's working with a therapist or I've seen the the, you know there's there's evidence right right to change energy. Right. So uh, so for anybody who's really stuck with terrible decisions and not really caught up with not knowing how to go forward or backward, that's a really excellent read.
0: Okay. That's a good one to to, to keep in mind, certainly. And I do think that women have, I think we have a sixth sense. I think we have an intuitive mm-hmm. wisdom. And we've, some, you know, very often we haven't nurtured it very long. But if you stop and you make that space and you take time mm-hmm. to even, you know, journal or give yourself time to listen to that inner wisdom within you. I think we as women actually do have an incredibly powerful tool within us that we can, we can really listen to if we make, you know, the time to, to nurture that. I
1: agree. The time and the space, and the more you nurture it, the better it will become. So, Mm -hmm. I I totally agree with you. But a lot of it is just noticing that things aren't the way you want them and having the space in your life to actually think about it. And journaling is great. I'm glad you brought that up, Cami. But it's a really, you know, I always feel like if you write down the question, and then I'm often amazed at the answer I'll come up with. Exactly. Exactly. And it's a great way of pulling things out of yourself. (laughs) totally
0: so do you believe each of us has a purpose yeah
1: you know in all my years of coaching entrepreneurs this is probably one of the big roadblocks of many people in very early stage business mm mm-hmm. is you know everybody wants every every one of us so badly wants to matter right you know Uh, I think that's the one universal in every single one of the clients I've I've had and people that I speak to. Everybody really just wants to make a difference. They want to make the world a better place. They want to matter. Yes. So that's a common thread. I guess the question is how (laughs) is really the purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And I have noticed an enormous number of people who feel like they should know what their purpose is and don't. So Mm -hmm. let me ask you, Kami, do you feel that people just know
0: what their purpose is?
1: No. No, I think that... I agree with you. It has not been my experience.
0: Yeah, I think you have to do work to understand it. And I, and I actually, and I don't even remember where I even heard this recently, but I, I heard a purpose is is um dynamic and that it's always changing. And mm-hmm. um, I like that concept because what your purpose was 10 years ago, if you had really sat down and thought it through is probably going to be shifted and a little bit different than it is today and i think that's it's an interesting thing is, is that perhaps always making space to tune into that question of you know am i aligned to what i feel like i should be doing how i want to make a difference today or has that shifted
1: I think you're exactly right. And I think from so I agree with you that I don't think most people do know their purpose. And I definitely don't believe there's only one. So I feel like we have sort of multiple realities that we could do with our life. Mm -hmm. And I feel that there can be a deep sense of meaning and happiness in many different purposes. So I think it's it's really the question is more choosing which which purpose are you going to pursue right now than feeling like there's one perfect purpose, and if you don't get it, you're doomed. Right, right. So, so my advice to people is don't wait for your purpose. You know, because I, I see very many people just frozen in a state of – fear or waiting and you know I always joke and say they're they're waiting for the clouds to part and some heavenly voice to come down and say (laughs) you should be doing X. (laughs) it's going to be a long wait because it doesn't work that way you know I feel like as long as you take what you can see because all of us can see well here are my possibilities make the best decision you can at this time and do it incredibly well you're on your road to your
0: purpose right I would agree. Some of the the core work that I take my clients through helps them really just you know dig into their stories, dig into their strengths and their passions, and you know what lights them up. And sometimes mm-hmm. you know, what can come from that is is clarity around how they want to make a difference with their gifts. Um, but that the the spectrum of how they can make a difference in that purpose. Um, it can shift over time. And so I think it's, it's, I think that the most important thing for me when I think about it is to keep knowing that we, our journey is always evolving and growing. Mm -hmm. As long as we're spending doing our, our own work, we do continue to evolve and grow with that. And that's where, you know, our, our ability to, to really make a difference is expanded and, and grows.
1: I agree. I like what you said about, you know, your purpose changes over time because it makes sense. I mean, we're all growing and constantly evolving. So what your purpose was 10 or 20 years ago may very well not be what it is today. Yes. And, and you know, when I look back on my life, I, there's not many things I'd change. I'm really glad I did most of the things
0: I've done. Right.
1: I, and and so I'm, kind of, I'm glad. I just think your one's
0: purpose can change. Absolutely, and I think that the, the 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 experiences that we've had in our life help shape what's in front of us. So that's always a fun way to look at it as well. Yeah, I agree. So one of the things you taught me was to get really clear on the lifestyle I wanted to live and build my business around, and I think that's a really important lesson because so many people have gotten just accustomed to, you know, going and spending a large amount of time in an office and, you know, doing the 40, 50, 60, 70 hour work weeks, and they haven't really thought about lifestyle. Can you talk to us about how you build your businesses that you've built over the years around lifestyle? Yes, I would love to,
1: because I think it's actually a really, really important question. And uh, and it's one that's almost <laughs> programmed to be difficult. You know, I think many entrepreneurs have, an, have a naive expectation of what it takes to actually build a business. So the first thing I want to say is even if you're building a lifestyle business you're going to love, most entrepreneurs end up working harder than they would like to in the early years. Mm-hmm. And that was certainly my experience. And most of the clients that I've worked with, they work a little bit harder than they would like to in the early years. But hopefully they're doing something that they absolutely passionately love and it doesn't feel like work. Right. Because I do feel like sometimes getting a business going is a lot harder than keeping it going. So the early years can be a little bit uh, deceptive with that. Good point. Good point. But having said that, I think that if you you aren't careful – You can create a business that just consumes you. And I do think that anybody, whether it's a corporate job or a, or an entrepreneurial job really needs to be very aware of their personal boundaries and really have thought to themselves, this is, this is, this is good and this is not good. You know, and one of the things that I, I honestly consider a blessing was the fact that my daughter only had one parent. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really going to be in a position where she didn't have a mom or a dad. Right. So I've never actually worked um, evenings and weekends. I just refused to because I feel like I've had a little person who needed me at that time. Right. It did change the way. So that for me was very much a boundary. Even during my very busy years, I I wanted to have that time and space for her. But it definitely changed the way I worked during my office hours you know, and I'm right. fairly confident that I, that my output will, will, you know, I often used to do 16 hours of work in eight hours just by intense focus and planning and <laughs> eliminating distractions and have found ways of being highly productive in a short period of time. Right. That's good. Uh, yeah. But I, but I do think that, um, there was something I just wanted to mention, cami, because I think it's so important here, you know, when I, I have this talk with people before they come into our programs and I always ask them, you know, these are entrepreneurs, right? So I always ask them how much money would you like to make? And, you know, depending on how big their thinking is, they always say, I'd love to be in six figures or I'd love to be in seven figures. Usually those are the two answers. Mm -hmm. And they usually say it without a lot of hesitation, but I always ask a follow-up question and I say, okay, that's what you'd love. What's enough. Right. Right. And it's usually just, silence on the other end of the phone because it's not a concept that many people have stopped to think about
0: well and there's a lot of you know hubbub and fluff i mean not fluff but a lot of hubbub around there it's like you need to be at this level so that you hear a lot of that that noise out there so Mm -hmm. stopping and asking that question what is enough what is it that you really want to have in your life how do you want to be living your life it's such an important question to ask in the midst of of that and and setting that up
1: well, especially because, you know, I've never heard people say, well, I'd love to be working 80-hour weeks." No. <laughs> you know, so I think the concept of enough is a really important question. I think we get very programmed by society's measure of us, whether we think it should be X amount that we should be earning. But really it's it's enough so that you can actually have – You know, whatever turns you on, time to get to the gym, time to go out and do horse retreats, time to travel four months a year, whatever it is, that's a lifestyle. Absolutely. And the question really is, what's enough for the lifestyle I want to live? Right. You know, so it's interesting to me that it's such a a, a profound question for most people to sit and think about what would actually be enough. Right. Because let's face it, what's more than enough is actually just sort of wasted accumulation, really. It's not really something we need. (laughs) Right. Right. Right.
0: Well, I love I love your responses to that and I think, you know, the boundaries piece is so important. I think the what's enough piece is so important and really just, you know, stopping and getting clear, you know, p- spending the time to get clear on what your vision of that looks like is is so important. I agree. So Tommy, you're one of the most incredible marketers I know and I know as you know, I've watched you you know, with your business and what are some of the most successful marketing approaches that have worked for you in growing your business? What's, what's the, you know, like the number one thing that's worked for you?
1: I would definitely say, you know, it's always funny to me when I hear people describe me as a good marketer, I've been called a good salesman as well. And both of them surprise me because I have no identity in that for whatever (laughs) reason. But, um, I would definitely say it's relationships. I've always been, um, of the mind that you can't fast path a relationship and you can't hack the need for human connection. Mm. So I really feel like where I am a huge believer, especially in early stage business for eyeball to eyeball connection with people. Yes. I think it's more likely to build to sort of relationships that build great businesses. But even if you're huge and you're doing everything via the internet, you're still looking to build relationships through, uh, through your marketing efforts. Right. So, uh, so, yeah, I do feel like if I had to pull out one thing, I would definitely say it's, it's our human need for connection and relationships.
0: And, and I love the eyeball-to-eyeball connections because I think when you start there, you can always move mm-hmm. into the other spaces, um, but that, that real human-to-human connection face-to-face is so powerful. Well, and it
1: teaches you what to do when you don't have time to do it anymore and you want to take it all online. At least you've learned, you know, when you're looking in somebody's eyes, you can see if your message is resonating with them, if they're loving your products, if they're struggling, what their struggles are. It's very hard to see that online. So eyeball relationships, especially in early stage business, are necessary in my opinion.
0: Yes, I would agree. I would agree. So what makes your heart sing and dance today in your life, Tommy? Well. Uh, maybe
1: this sounds a bit lame, but I have to tell you, my daughter is the one thing that really makes me belly laugh all there is the time. There's never about a dull that. moment. <laughs> 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 but she's my muse. She always has been. I don't know how i produced such an amazing young woman. So, uh, she, so, so she definitely is something that just delights me and, and always has every funny. I never really wanted kids. And when I think back on what I would have, I'm so glad I had her. (laughs) Yes. So definitely my daughter. But but really, I think, you know, I've always had a sort of a green soul connection to the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And so anything that's in community with planet Earth just really floats my boat. It's the thing that centers me and steers me. And it's a very spiritual thing for me but um me too absolutely yes knowing you I I believe that completely you know and I also feel like I have a love of of learning and growing I think if I if I didn't do that then my heart would probably never sing and dance so I do like actively you know learning and understanding things and and stretching And,
0: and what's next in your in your work world
1: well, very excitingly, our next reinvention, having t- t- taught people how to market for years and years, we're actually working with a slightly bigger clientele now and just doing it for them. You know, we've got so good at marketing in the process.
0: Yeah. And sometimes
1: it's just nice to be able to take our very geeky tech skills and weird things that we're good at, like Google AdWords and marketing automation and yeah, that sort of thing. And just doing it, for, you know, tiny entrepreneurs generally can't afford to pay someone to do it for them. They do it themselves. We've right. been teaching that. Mm-hmm. But I particularly am excited, Cammy, about having made a, a very fundamental decision in my life that I only want to do it for organizations that are socially or environmentally conscious mm-hmm. and nonprofits supporting those things. So I'm, I plan to be very fussy about who my clients are and very on purpose about the support that we're bringing to them.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I love the the clarity around this is, the, these are the kind of clients I really want to work with. And, um, you know, there's, there's a, an emotional connection to that. So I really love that. Hugely for me, you know, I, I, I'm very
1: good at doing certain things and I want to do it for organizations that are making this world a better place, you know, in, in a very passionate way. So. Right.
0: Right. So where can people find out more about you and your work?
1: Um, I'm I'm not very hard to find on the internet, but um bronze com if they're interested in the marketing side and if they're interested more in the coaching side, top six businesscoach dot com.
0: So awesome, awesome, awesome. So the final question I have for you today is what what three pearls of wisdom can you leave our audience? Three pearls
1: of wisdom. Um number one you know, we we get so caught up in everything we're doing, but I would like to just remind folks that it's, it's much more important to be an awesome human being than to be highly accomplished at everything we do. So I do think, you know, character and our humanity and our ethics and so on are undervalued and, and underrated, but they, at the end of the day, will, will make your time on earth important. Awesome. I love that. Uh, Number two, I don't want anybody to get to the end of their life and look back on it with regret. Right. And in order to avoid that, you're going to have to do the hard things that are in your life today. You know, so all the things that you're kind of dreading doing today, go and do them (laughs) because they're going to be your golden car keys. And uh, and they'll prevent the, the feelings of regret that might happen to you one day when you're too old to to, to change the course of your life. Mm. So go and do the hard things that you're avoiding today. They need to be done. Mm. That's a great one. Thank you. And then uh, number three, I think success is going to be measured more by the transformational relationships that you've created during your lifetime, and by any financial measure. So I, I encourage your listeners to, to look at their lives and look at the transformational relationships that they have in their life and, um, and use that as a much more meaningful measure of success.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. Well, Tommy, this has been so much fun, and I look forward to seeing you in California in just a few days. Yes, I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And I also look forward to seeing you at the Extraordinary Women Connect event in May. And um, I'll post information on where that's, where you can sign up for that event for any of our listeners who want to join us. We're going to have a fabulous panel. And thank you so much, Tommy, for, for joining us today. It's been awesome. Thank you for having me, Kemi. Have a good day. Bye. I hope you liked this episode of Extraordinary Women Radio. If you did, please share this podcast with your own special tribe of women and help spread the love, the dreams, and the inspiration. Are you thinking about making the next bold move in your life? I invite you to take the Your Next Bold Move quiz at KamiGelner.com to find out how you can jumpstart a passionate and meaningful next chapter. You may also enjoy my book, Fire Dancer, Your Spiral Journey to a Life of Passion and Purpose which is available on Amazon. In Fire Dancer, you will become intimately connected to your heart's calling and build the courage and resiliency to ignite your what's next. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media channels. I'm on both Facebook and Twitter, and the links are available on my website. Till next time, my friend, listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and be you.